depending on where you live, you're either a couple days or a couple weeks into the new school year. So tonight we'll explore a few ways you can make this time of year hopefully a little bit stressful. Tonight we welcome back a good friend, a great parent educator, uh, education, educational com, uh, consultant, game designer, and noted author of the series Middle School Confidential, Eddie Fox. Eddie, welcome back to the Coffee Clutch. My pleasure to be here, Chuck. I'm so happy to have this opportunity to talk with you. Uh, you know, I, I've always thought this was a pretty fun time of year. And in my case, you know, we're in a groove. Uh, we have, um, you know, we have our routine down. And then about after a month, everything takes the, takes a little bit of a dip. Uh, after the stress of homework and tests and all that kind of stuff starts to kick in. So, Annie, off the bat, what can we do to keep things on an even keel and stay away from those valleys? Well, the first thing that comes to mind when you ask the question is to keep things in terms of the schedule as simple as possible. When we start getting overloaded with um, things to do after school, things build up, and it it gets really difficult to manage it all in in a in a manner that really reflects the kind of family life we all say we'd like. <laughs> takes away from the quality. I mean, the stuff that you can't control, like how much homework your kids get and who the teacher is and things like that. But when you start voluntarily adding onto that plate, you've got to do it very judiciously. And I think that mm -hmm. sometimes kids, um, they want to be involved in a lot of activities because it feels like a really cool idea. And um, maybe someone they like is involved in it, too, but it may not always be the best choice. So when you're dealing with tweens and teens, it's going to be harder to help them regulate the amount of after-school activity they have. But um, as with all of this stuff, I really think it's important to sit down as as two members of the same team, not necessarily opponents, and really think about what worked last year during school in terms of studying, academic progress, et cetera, in terms of social life in school, in terms of activities outside of school, in terms of stuff in the family, what worked and what didn't work so well. And when we can sit down together with our kids and have this kinds of conversation calmly, this is a perfect time of year to do it, Chuck, before things start getting out of control, um, then it's not triage, it's in fact kind of a debriefing. Um, and we do that and then we can actually have a conversation, a two-way conversation. Um, the kid really needs to be feel safe about contributing to this conversation. For example, um, if you had a deal, an ongoing deal with your child that you would be picking him or her up from school at 3.30 every after, afternoon, and your child was waiting for you at the curb or wherever the assigned meeting place was. And you, you know, sometimes you were there at 3.30, but more often it was more like 3.40 or 3.45 or 3.50. And your kid be stressing out right there on the curb waiting for you, feeling um, abandoned and feeling like maybe mm -hmm. other things were more important than right. getting there on time. So this is it would be a really good opportunity for your child to say, well, you know, Mom, Dad, what didn't work for me is when you say be there at 3.30 and you were never there. And what us, what we as parents need to do, I think, is not get defensive. <laughs> well, I was there most of the time. Or, <laughs> because what we want 
if we, if we want to teach our kids, and everything we do, in fact, is a lesson to teach our kids, if we want to teach our kids to be responsible, um, mm-hmm. to be follow through with what we say we're going to do, to keep agreements, to show consideration for family members, we need to walk the walk. And that's a perfect example of doing just that. So if that didn't work so well for your kid, listen to what he has to say and see what you can do to get there on time. Right. And mm-hmm. you speak about this uh, two-way respect between uh, a parent and uh, his or her child. Um, mm-hmm. that, that sounds like that's a very, very important tenant for you. Oh, my goodness, yes. It should be um, for everybody, but it uh, sounds every- like something you preach often. It's something I believe in as the basis of all healthy relationships, Chuck, which, as far as I'm concerned, are the only kind worth having, right? (laughs) Right. So, you know, it's it's that that the parent-child relationship, the mutual trust, the mutual respect, obviously you're not equals, but um, if you want to teach your kid to respect you, then you need to treat them with respect, which means, of course, you got to keep your anger in check and no name-calling even if you're frustrated and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which seems basic, right. but sometimes it's it's challenging um, when your kid's bouncing off the wall and you need to get something done now, and it's not mm-hmm. happening. Um, right. So I, I think that what we teach our kids through example and the way that we treat them goes a long way into the way they think about the kind of um, behavior or treatment they deserve in friendships and down the road in romantic relationships as they get older. Mm-hmm. It's, all, it's all modeling. Right. It, it, I was. That's exactly what I was thinking is that as we as parents, as we um, behave in front of our kids, we are modeling for them and um, – they are going to pick up that behavior, good or bad, and they're going to carry that with them um, as as they grow. So I agree with you. It's good to have that healthy two-way relationship um, early, early on in life with your children and uh, just model that for them and uh, have a mutual respect. Uh, um, I love all of that. Yeah, another thing you're modeling is the way you treat your significant other. They're watching right. that, too, even though it may right. not directly influence them, it directly influences them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they're watching and they're, they're taking mental notes of what it means to be in an adult relationship. And, and so that kind of mutual respect, consideration, um, kindness, understanding, um, being a good listener, being flexible, adaptable, these are all things that I bet you every parent would say, I would like my kid to grow up having these life skills Mm -hmm. and and so this is you know it's not often that we get them in any academic classes we get them at home often right it's real important stuff and it's what i call the silent curriculum versus let's let's learn these spelling words (laughs) yep yep and you know for for us parents, it's also important to um, uh, that we say, being that the imperfect beings that we are, it's, it's pretty important that we're able to tell our kids we're sorry when we don't keep up to that uh, model behavior, as I can attest to uh, Oh, myself. my gosh, yes. Telling your kid that you're sorry when you've messed up is so valuable. First of all, you're giving them a chance to forgive you which is a huge adult life skill, forgiveness. Um, And you'll find that they are very forgiving. 
mm-hmm. but it also is showing them that we're all a work in progress. And um, when mom or dad loses it and um, takes it out on the kid, it may be actually turned into a very positive thing if after the fact you say, wow, I'm really sorry, sweetheart. I was very, very upset before, um, and I I don't like it when I let anger um, Take the driver's take seat. Take over. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Take yeah. Take over in that way. I I I don't like that, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna work on it. And and you gotta again do more than just give lip service to the fact that I want to try and do better. This is another thing that we I talk about a lot, and that we can certainly help with as the stress builds up in the new school year with demands from teachers and and the the schedule capital T capital S kicks in. Um, is to model some relaxation tex- techniques with your kid, and I, you know, I, don't, I happen to be a yoga student, but I'm not suggesting that you twist yourself into a pretzel to do this. <laughs> um, a simple technique, which I call a recentering breathing, it's so easy, Chuck. You just inhale slowly and evenly through your nose. I'm going to do it now, so you'll hear it, and then you relax your jaw. And you exhale slowly and evenly through your mouth. It's like a sigh of relief. And that's pretty much it. If you inhale slowly and evenly through your nose, and then relax your jaw and exhale slowly and evenly through your mouth, your whole body is going to relax and your mind is going to chill. Your heart rate is going to lower. And you're going to find yourself in a place where you can actually talk much more rationally about whatever it was that was just making you bounce off the walls. And yeah. if, you're, if your kid can see you do this, catch yourself in the middle of just about to lose it, and then there, there goes Dad, and all of a sudden he stops talking and he starts doing some slow breathing, and your kid, who was very upset a second ago, all of a sudden you have his attention. It's like, uh... Dad, what are you doing? And you say, I'm relaxing because I was feeling feeling really angry and frustrated and I wanted to get back in control. Well, that's a great idea and that's that's a great suggestion, especially for um, us parents um, with special needs kids. Mm -hmm. It's good for us to model that and for them to pick that up as well. Um, So thank you for that suggestion. Um, it's written down in my thing. <laughs> I call it the breathing challenge, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put that challenge out to our listeners right now. I'm gonna guess between. Um, well, let's give you a 24 hour breathing challenge. Okay, sometime in the next 24 hours, it might actually happen within the next hour after the show is over. You're going to um, get your buttons pushed <laughs> Either, <laughs> by, by someone in your family who you love dearly. Because nobody knows better how to push your buttons than the people we love the best, right? Absolutely. So um, what I'd like you to do is when you notice yourself getting your buttons pushed, about to lose it, instead of going to that reactive place where you normally go and do what you usually do when you see the socks on the floor or, you know, the dawdling when it's time to get ready for bed or any of the stuff that usually makes you crazy. Instead of hey, going have to you bed. been in my house before? <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> it's just amazing. Going to... You've just gotten to a T. <laughs> I know. It's classic, isn't it? 
instead yes, of going to that place, which we all know is very uh, unhelpful and can be really destructive to the parent-child relationship and to the peace and tranquility in the home, instead of going to that place, just put on the brakes. Just stop yourself. Take some slow, deep breaths. And then ask yourself, what am I trying to do? Now, this is really interesting, Chuck, because most of the time when we're flipping out, we are trying to change someone else's behavior. <laughs> and i got to tell you. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. i got to tell you, that doesn't work. You really can't change anybody else. You can't. Sorry. You can influence them. That works best when you're calm. But to actually change someone's behavior, that's really a move they have to make on their own. So if 99.9% of the stuff that we're stressing about is out of our control, that is, trying to change somebody else, um, then we could let that go. (laughs) And wouldn't that be nice? So you have to really ask yourself, what am I trying to do here? I'm trying to get him to finish his homework. I'm trying to get him to brush his teeth and get to bed. I'm trying to get him to get ready for for whatever or out the door. You can't do that. So you have to reframe the goal, reframe the goal in, in terms of what you can actually accomplish. But it's pretty frustrating to try to do something that's out of your control. You can't do it. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to do, and I think this is the answer to most of it, what I'm trying to do is create more peace in my relationship with my child. And when you ask yourself it that way and say, do I have any control over that? The answer is, yeah. This isn't about changing him or her. This is about us working together, and and since I am half of this relationship, I do have some power here. And just acknowledging what you're trying to work on that's within your power, it's like, wow, Mm -hmm. now I've got something I really can make some progress with. So um, it all kind of unfolds when you calm down. Yep. Yep. And that's so very true. Uh, Yeah. So... <laughs> Wait a minute. Good. Oh, very good. That was really good breathing. And by the I way, I got to work on that relaxing the jaw. But yeah, we'll you got to relax the jaw. But you're on the radio right now. But I got to tell you that one breath usually doesn't do it. Give yourself like five inhalations and exhalations. Five, and don't rush them. We're not trying to hyperventilate. Just right. calmly. And I, I, I guarantee you will feel more in control at the end of the fifth breath. Very good. Okay. So, Annie, as we okay. <laughs> as we move uh, as we enter this school year, what are some things that we can do to set? We talk about this, you know, and we're talking about this child-parent relationship. What are some things we can do to to set this relationship up for success? And I've got to believe that setting that relationship up for success is also going to help our kids through the school year. So what what are the things that we can do to, you know, help set up that relationship, which is going to help our kids through the school year? Yeah, well, the, the role of most parents is that as their kids get older is as a consultant rather than a manager. But depending on the level of, of independence your kid has, um, that's something to take a look at. But I, I firmly believe that 
if you ask any child and say, um, how can I help you be a better student this year? Then you close your mouth (laughs) and listen to what your daughter or son has to say. How can I help you become a better student this year? Because we've got to assume that that is a goal of your child, to become a better mm-hmm. student. Yeah. Because, you know, things are things are better when your teacher's not on your case. <laughs> things are better when you feel comfortable and competent in class. When you feel organized, when you feel on top of stuff, you feel better. So mm-hmm. if you if your kid can acknowledge that that's a goal of his or hers, I say, Great, I'm on your team, man. How can I help you? And it may be something as simple as um, a quiet, well-lighted place to study, an organized place. Um, do we need mm-hmm. to get some you know, containers from the container store? Um, can we all work together to make sure that the TV is far away or not even on during a time when you need to be studying? Would mm-hmm. it help to have a really big calendar so we can keep track of together? But but with the idea that these are tools that will help you then manage your own life so that you as a parent, year after year, will be stepping back gradually so that your child can step up and and take over more of the management and the accountability for his or her own learning. That's, mm-hmm. always, a, that's always a goal. So the schedule, um, and, and just listen to what your kid has to say. You know, it may be that you think you're helping by um, hanging over their shoulder and watching the homework get done. You may have convinced yourself that if I don't sit here breathing down his neck, it's not going to get done. Um, You may be surprised if you ask your child, is this helpful when I do this? They may say no. In which case, I'm not not saying that you should just get pulled back totally, um, but you could do an interim step where you might say, I get it. Okay, you want you want to have more independence doing your own homework and I want that for you too. So how mm-hmm. about how about if at the beginning of the evening you check in with me and let me know what your assignments are? And then maybe after an hour you show me what progress you've made. And then in that hour you're on your own. Now of course you want to take temptation out of the kid's way. So right. if, this is, if this is a kid who's easily distractible, you, you don't want the TV in the room or right. you know right. access to the Internet or all the other stuff that makes all of us distracted. <laughs> um, and so you set them up for success in that way. And maybe an hour on their own is too much. And maybe 20 minutes is a good starting time or 15. Mm-hmm. Show me how much you have done in 15 minutes. And, so you um, think it would... Yeah, so it would be good to start with uh, some some smaller time segments and then build up to that yes. you know yes. that hour. Uh huh. It's it's called micro uniting, and and a lot of kids, whether they're typical or atypical kids, get overwhelmed by a mountain of homework, uh-huh. and so they they just say, I can't do it. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> And so mom or dad says, okay, I'll sit down and help you with it. And then, it, you know, right. you get, the kid gets a lot of attention and maybe a lot of help, maybe more help, mm-hmm. than, they, maybe more help than they actually need. So instead yeah. you well, micro-unit it. If, for example, there are 10 math problems and the kid's overwhelmed with 10 math problems, you say, okay, well, sweetie, um, how long do you think it would take you 
to do two math problems. Kid says, 30 minutes. <laughs> you say, okay, okay, I'll tell you what. Um, let's set the timer. And how about if I check back in 30 minutes and see if you've done at least two? And you do that. Yep. Do that. And then you yep. find out the kid has actually done eight of them in 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, Big acknowledgement. You know, you, yeah. you talk about the micro-unity. Um, there's actually software available that helps you do that. Um, I'm, I, the name escapes me. But uh, I'll have to look that up and, and uh, put it out on uh, Twitter um, for that that uh, piece of software. They can just put you can put it right on your desktop, or uh, I think you can even buy you know little timers for it. You know, yeah. you take basically uh, you take small units of time. Start with two minutes, work up to five minutes, whatever. You mm -hmm. work really hard for that time, then you take you know a small break, and then you work you know get back at it. And yeah, I, I actually. Yeah, I was going to say, when, when there's a break, make sure that the break has a timer on it, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's just great. We, we all love to I, check things off of our you know, yeah. to-do list, and, and kids feel immediately that they're getting some success. Yeah, and, and you've talked, uh, you've spoken about um, in your conversation, you've brought up goals quite a bit too. So mm -hmm. I take it you're a firm believer of goals for uh, kids beginning at a, a young age and, and moving on through the clean and teen years. I am. I'm. I'm a firm believer in kids setting their own goals. Mm -hmm. It's just going to be much more meaningful than a parent saying, "My goal for you." I mean, it's cool. Parents need to have long term parenting objectives because after all we are we are teachers and every teacher is has a curriculum and has a way of measuring whether or not their lessons are getting through so we mm -hmm. have long term um parenting objectives to last for you know 18 years and and we should be very aware as parents of what our long term objectives are so if as we were saying earlier if one of your long term objectives is to raise a young adult, notice I didn't say a child, is to raise mm -hmm. a young adult who will be um, kind and respectful to other people. That's a long-term goal, and you are going to be working on that for a long time, but there right. are many opportunities to have teachable moments in that area, and, and mm -hmm. um, you want to make sure you're never undermining that goal by being disrespectful to your child. So keep the goal in mind and make sure that you're reinforcing the goal. But in terms of personal goals, or um, be they academic, physical, or social goals, it's really great for a kid to be able to say, I have this goal for myself, and for you know, help them by writing it down. As, as you know, I, I was mentioning to you on, on some of the, the um, um, bullet points that I sent before the interview, I think the idea of saying, okay, between now and Halloween, you might say, um, this be a child. Between now and Halloween, I would like to make one new friend. And that, maybe that gets put on a, on a chart that says, you know, my goal. Mm -hmm. um, it, it would be wrong for a parent to say um, every day, well, did you make a new friend today? <laughs> like, oh, my God, too much pressure. But, um, uh -oh. Annie, but, you know me too well. Uh, <laughs> 
But we all, we love our kids, and we're just trying to be helpful. But sometimes that kind of pressure is not helpful. Um, but what might be helpful is to say to the kid, that's a great goal. I would love to support you in that goal. Um, how do you think you might work towards it? Um, and maybe you could brainstorm with the child. Like if I said hello to three new people a day in class, just smiled and said hi. Um, that would be working towards my my long term goal, which is to have a new friend by Halloween. Mm-hmm. And then you say, "That's great. Okay, go for it." And when you drop the kid off at school in the morning, you say, um, "Good luck with your goal of saying hi to three new people today." Good luck. Now, now do you um, do you think that having those goals out and displayed in a you know in a visible format, say just you know written on a note card or something, uh, somewhere where it's totally up to the kid. Um, I think it's kind of fun. Here's here's the thing that I like to do sometimes: Um, have a kid write a letter to his future self and and date it October 31st, 2011, as Mm -hmm. if you're looking back but you're really writing to the future. And you might say something like, um, today's Halloween. I have, a new f- I have a friend, a new friend that I'm going trick-or-treating with. And then you seal it up. <laughs> and actually, um, maybe you mail it. You put a stamp on it, but don't mail it until like the week before Halloween. And it's addressed to your kid. Yeah. That's one way to do it. Um, yeah, another way, if, if the kids says, it is fun. It's really fun to get the mail. Um, and then they might find out they actually have two new friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if a kid likes the idea of a big chart, sure. Okay. That's great. But, it, you so, know, let, let the kid take the lead. I, I, I think that's important. Let them um, – <clears throat> I agree. <laughs> I don't need to right pontificate that point. You did it. Uh, uh, you made the point very well. Annie, we have about uh, two minutes left. So, okay. uh, is there? Let me let me ask you. Um, you know, give us that great piece of advice, Annie. That's going to take us all through the school year and through the rest of our lives. No pressure, Annie. Um, that <laughs> give, us, give us that that piece. You know, you're a well-respected um, educator and teacher consultant. Give us parents a little advice for you know. Just tell us. Give us some advice for the school year. Breathe and. Don't worry. Don't worry. Your your kid will be fine. And um, what's most important is your relationship with your child. That's something you can control. You can't control how the world responds to your child. Um, But if they know that they are totally accepted by you and that you're always in their corner, that will take them so far. It really will. Okay. And that's that is that is beautiful advice. Okay. Um, Eddie, uh great advice. As always, it's very good speaking with you. Um I love when you're on the show. I love listening to it and uh love your blog. Thank um you. folks can find Annie at let me make sure we get Annie's website at www.anniefox.com. Is that correct, Annie? 
How simple is that? And if I might, I, I'd love to just make a pitch for our new iBook. It's called Are You My Friend? And it's um, a digital storybook. It's original. It's got read-to-me audio and music and sound effects. And it works on the iPad, the iPhone, and the iPod. And you can get it at iTunes. It's called Are You My Friend? And it's for 48-year-olds. Okay. Okay, Annie, we'll let that be the last word. Um, And uh, for all our folks out there, uh, as Marianne will would say, and I will probably uh, butcher this up, And uh, but the paraphrase is, you are your child's best advocate. If not you, then who? Um, everybody have a great night. Have a great day tomorrow, and everyone be safe. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Annie. Thank you. Bye.